Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Stephen Gilbo. What did he say about the, uh, about the Supreme Court decision about the Normal Pipelines bill? I think he said it was an opinion. No, it was a decision. And this time, according, I'm looking at the Black Box Reporter story here at Binding Ottawa. Uh, Mr. Gilbo says that um, blacklisting of plastic goods is unreasonable. It just gets more exciting. And it's always exciting when Tom Korski joins us, the executive editor, uh, Blacklock's reporter at Binding Auto. Unreasonable, Tom. Well, they'll appeal. They have nothing to lose. You know what's interesting about this one? This was a successful legal challenge by manufacturers, interveners by the provinces of Saskatchewan and Alberta. Manufacturers, Dow Chemical, Imperial Oil, a couple of other companies went in on this legal challenge. Uh, Roy, they put this together in less than a week. A week within a week of cabinet blacklisting pl- all plastic manufactured goods, all of them, as toxic under the Canadian Environmental Protection Act, right alongside asbestos and mercury. And, and I want to stress, all plastic goods, carpets, children's toys, everything in your house, car accessories, you name it. And the uh, plaintiffs went to federal court, and they won. Uh, the judge pretty much agreed with everything they said. That was a, I mean, it was just a shutout. It was a no-hitter. Well, their argument was, and this was compelling to the federal judge, that the feds confused littering with toxicity. What's, what, what are we saying? Why would cabinet say that all plastic manufactured goods are toxic? Well, because they say that when they get in the environment, you know, it takes forever to break down. And indeed, that's true. And you see National Geographic documentaries, very unfortunate films of turtles in the South Pacific with straws. Everyone has seen those pictures. Very upsetting. It upset the previous environment minister, Kathy McKenna. That's why they got this cabinet order. Problem, that's a littering issue. Toxicity, uh, you were Mercury, you can absorb through the skin, asbestos, very small microfibers can be inhaled in the lungs, severe damage. Even the Department of the Environment says there's nothing really harmful to humans from touching and speaking into something plastic, like the telephone I'm using right now, or heavens forbid, the masks they mandated that you had to breathe through during the pandemic. So there's some confusion there. This is undoubtedly going to the Supreme Court eventually. Yeah. Well, that all depends on whether or not the next government, and it's not going to be the Liberals, will want to take it to the Supreme Court. Isn't, doesn't it? Isn't that, isn't that the way, well, the, sure, that the, way the ball bounces? No. This will go to the Court of Appeal, a pretty short order. That, that's not a long, complicated process. And within a year, uh, we would expect that to whatever happens, the uh, feds will take that on to the Supreme Court, whether the Supreme Court chooses to take it on or not. But it's pretty rough to ignore this, because this is pretty fundamental. This is $35 billion in sales of plastic goods every year in Canada, every single year. The federal court, everyone agrees they're ubiquitous. They're everywhere. Everyone uses plastic all the time. And what are you doing to jobs and industry, said the 
plaintiffs in their successful challenge. When you say, by the way, that's toxic, that literally that cup you give your children to drink milk, milk is, is toxic. They don't buy it. No. And this judge, as I understand it, Tom, is not just a, a jurist, a legal expert. This judge also has expertise in the world of chemical reality. Yes? Well, I, I don't know her, her educational background. I, I read something I, about that. But I do know that there. if you talk to anyone in the plastics industry, they'll say, look at I know this. You have to get the, the turtle in the South Pacific and the straw out of your mind. The irony of this, Roy, if this was a littering issue, the irony was there was. This is peer-reviewed environmental periodicals who said, if you're going after littering, then they came up with the blacklist, the the six single-use plastic products they were going to ban: straws, stir sticks, cutlery, polystyrene uh, uh, food containers. The six-pack rings, the famous grocery bags. Believe it or not, environmental researchers will tell you that's not the number one plastic litter in Canada. Cigarette filters, bottle caps, water bottles, plastic water bottles. The feds didn't even ban those. What are we saying, Roy? That cabinet had a feeling, and they came up with a slogan, and it was a snappy bumper sticker. And here we are years later with, you know, these multi-million dollar litigation and it'll go all the way to the Supreme Court and Joker's Wild because the feds have, have lost there before. Yeah. And if you need slogans that the liberals maybe should pay attention to, there was one that happened when one Roberto Duran, pound for pound, perhaps at one time the best boxer in the world, but he got in the ring on an off night. And after being thumped around for a few rounds, he lost interest. And he said, no mas. No more. And I can think of someone in our federal government who should be looking up famous boxing quotes. Tough business. Politics. <laughs> Look up the famous boxing quotes, and I just gave you a hint. Tough it's tough business. <laughs> it's tough business. <laughs> now, you and I have talked about cars on, and during our conversation, and I tried to pawn off my car on you. I'm not doing it anymore because I, I like it again. So I've gone through this love-hate relationship with the car, and we're back on good terms with each other. But we've also talked about Canada Border Services. They've been in the news. And they were in the news uh, quite a bit over a number of years because of all the guns that were being smuggled into Canada and they didn't catch them. They're not doing so well with cars either, according to Blacklock's reporter. This is the irony. Uh, so uh, smuggled guns come in and stolen cars go out. Apparently with little inspection or random audit. What's going on? Commons Public Safety Committee. This was a big deal. They haven't started the hearings yet, but they voted for it unanimously. They want to get to the bottom of car thefts. Because insurers will tell you, for the first time in Canadian history last year, it's never happened before. Insurance payouts on cars stolen for export hit a billion dollars. This is real money. Well, insurance industry advocates put together, this goes back in June, they put together some numbers. They counted more than 70,000 vehicles a year stolen nationwide, more than half in Ontario and Quebec. So that's approximately 
more than 42,000 vehicles, remember that number, 42,000 a year, are stolen in Ontario and Quebec. A very large number go into shipping containers. They go through the port of Montreal. They go to the Middle East, and they go to Africa. It's a real racket. This is organized crime, Roy. Well, Canada Border Services Agency Management feeling a little hot now that the Public Safety Committee is interested. They came up with some figures. How many stolen cars for export have they intercepted this year? About 1,000. Wait a minute. That's 1,000 out of 42,000. You're not getting into the Baseball Hall of Fame with that batting average. No, what's your methodology? (laughs) In other words, if you're organized crime, you got a 41 out of 42 chance of slipping that shipping container full of Ford F-150 pickups to Africa past Canada Border Services Agency management at the Port of Montreal. Unacceptable, said the Public Safety Committee. Interesting, Roy, when this came up, uh, it quickly became very personal, uh, where one MP, Dane Lloyd from Alberta, said, actually, <laughs> my vehicle was stolen. So they're, they're keenly interested in getting to the bottom of this. Yeah. Uh, a friend of mine who had a, a car dealership had five vehicles stolen from his lot by one guy on the same night. And he took them to Montreal. And he, he hadn't started the engines. He just somehow got them onto his car carrier, took them to Montreal, and he was about to take them to the port to be placed in a container and taken to wherever. He wasn't as smart in Montreal as he was in Burlington, Ontario. Because in Montreal, he started the engines. And the, and the locator in the, in the car said, hey, I'm here, five times. And the cops had him before he was out of the driveway. But, but what are we saying, Roy, when the automaker's technology is defeating organized crime, <laughs> not the police, the police or the federal I agency know, with I a know. multi-billion dollar budget yeah. to combat organized crime? Yeah. It's, I mean, that's like something out of Romania. We can't have that. 42,000 cars stolen, 1,000 recovered before they leave the country. We have a we have 1,000 people working on it with an unlimited budget. And we got 1,000 ignition keys, 41,000 are gone. And they're somewhere God knows where. The F-150s are driving with a new VIN or no VIN at all. But uh, yeah, we got 1,000 back. But they'll be stolen by tomorrow morning. Um, I'm making that part up. But it could be true. So, Tom, what about the Canada Revenue Agency and private dental plans? What's going on here? Oh, this is neat. Roy, do you remember in high school physics class, they, they taught us that for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction? Tom, That's Tom, That's the Tom, only part I remember Tom, in physics class. Tom, high school physics class, I skipped class. <laughs> After that, action, reaction, it's a, it's a complete blank. <laughs> Mr. Penner was our teacher. God bless him. Where is he now? He tried. He tried. What's happening? You recall Cabinet promised to bring in a dental care program. Yes. Public dental insurance. They've started with grants for families with income under 70000 a year who have children under 12. But by 2025, there's supposed to be a complete, a universal, single-payer dental care program. What's the reaction? That's the action. What's the reaction? Their Health Canada is freaking out that employers who provide two-thirds of Canadians with dental coverage are going to start dropping their plan. 
What are they doing about it? Beginning next month, it is mandated that every employer on their T4 slip starting in 2023 must report if they have an employee dental plan because they want to start to see if companies are dropping them. Roy, they're worried. And the worry is that people who have pretty good Dedicare programs now through their company are going to wind up with worse dental insurance from the government of Canada. It's an issue. It's kind of like uh, border services and cars. And well, what are you saying, Roy? Plastic straws. And <laughs> what am I saying? Are you saying they're making it up? <laughs> As they go along. <laughs> Not after eight years, surely. Oh no! Stop that calling would me. Be crazy. And stop calling me, Shirley. <laughs> no, it's just, it's just one story after another. Well, let's prove the point that it's one story after another. Um, the government of Canada health agency is not going to tell us what we paid for vaccines. That's unconscionable, isn't it? Well, I'd say so. There was a website, uh, Canadian Independent, got the Pfizer contract. This is the 2020 contract for Pfizer. And the cost is redacted. It's completely censored. Uh, Roy, Pfizer contracts in Albania have been disclosed to the public. I'm not making that up. MPs on the health committee have been told this. If you live in Peru, and if you are a Peruvian taxpayer, you can literally find out what you paid for a Pfizer vaccine. In Canada, it's considered a national secret. Cabinet will not release that figure. Three years have passed. More than three years that with that contract. We're still on the hook for deliveries, by the way. There's been talk that it was about $30 a dose. We know from the industry, they say they're making money at $18 a vaccine. But you have to give, it, give a hand to Peruvian and Albanian taxpayers. They got us beat on this. We're in the dark. They nailed it. Why, though, Tom? Well, why are they so afraid? Is it, uh, is it the, the domino that knocks down the next domino that knocks down, you know, how it goes? Why won't the government of Canada? The yeah, Department why, why, the, why will they not well, tell us? It can only be because it's embarrassing, Roy, that they got hosed. Right? <laughs> <laughs> they, they got taken to the cleaners. Because if you can find out what they paid in Albania, are you telling me there's a chance that we paid more? Now, that's embarrassing. I no, can't have that. I'm looking at one of your entries at Black Lux Reporter, and I can see the redaction in the document documentation that is sent. Yeah, that's your money, Ryan. That's my money. It's a public contract, and you paid for that. And it's I can see maybe, rough guess, 20 words. Yeah. But I can see a whole lot of black. That's This is why MPs have asked for a judicial inquiry into everything to do with the pandemic. Yeah. And this is why Cabinet has said, no, forget it. What, what are you, crazy? Can you in 30 no seconds... news here. <laughs> no. Can you in 30 seconds give us the latest story on uh, Min Doan? Uh, this is bad. Chief Technology Officer... Uh, he has now testified for a total of approximately three and a half hours at the Commons Government Operations Committee over a mysterious contract that went to a general contractor who did no work, subcontracted all the work, got a $9 million contract. It's a two-man company in a little operating out of a house. Who gave him the contract of a 30% commission? It was a sweet deal. 
And the testimony went like this. So Mr. Doan said, well, it was my team. How many members of your team? He said about 1,400. MP said, are you telling me 1,400 people signed that contract? He said, no, I didn't say that. MP said, okay, have you heard of contempt of parliament? They want his emails, Roy. They're getting upset, talking about sweetheart contracting. Uh, I have to tell you, I don't give advice. Never lie if you are compelled to testify before the Commons Government Operations Committee. It's a bad idea. And doesn't that have the same uh, result as perjury in a court of law? Oh, yes, it's a court order. It's rarely uh, enforced by Parliament, but that's only because they don't feel like it. Parliament has sent hostile witnesses to the Carleton County Jail. It has happened. I could uh, think of a few names. We'd like to see in the chair. <laughs> Action, reaction. It always comes. Ah, back I should have gone to those. I should have gone to those classes. <laughs> I missed so much. My life has been empty because I skipped school on those days. <laughs> Tom, it's always great. Thank you so much for the time. Thank you, Roy. If you want to hear more, subscribe to the Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.